0: Hello, everybody. This week, okay, I'm gonna start cracking up right from the get go. Uh, my guest is amazing, and I'm just gonna pass it straight to him because I'm not gonna make any sense. He's gonna introduce himself, Doctor. Lee, brain biohacker, unicorn extraordinaire. There it is. You, we're you gonna, have it.
1: We got it. Yeah, we're just, we're gonna navigate this thing out. So. I was, I was, Telling Olga when we got on here, I'm like, ah, this is going to be like one of those episodes that we record that it's like a firework and there's going to be like seven finales in it. We're just going to keep going. But yes, my name is Dr. Chris. I am a biohacker and I am obsessed with the brain and nervous system um, and how to make higher performance and coherence and how we can blend science and spirituality. So we might talk about some of that stuff today. I have no idea. I have no expectations. We're just going to have fun.
0: One thing that I will warn everybody, if you have little ones and you are not too comfortable with the F word, there may be a few, starting with your podcast, which I love the name and is The Mindfuck.
1: (laughs) Yes, The Healthy Mindfuck is the name of my podcast and uh, it's a fun show. I think we get so indoctrinated and so programmed um, and brainwashed in so many different ways by childhood traumas and, and TV. And I know we talked about that before and, and all these different things. But when it comes to like brainwashing ourselves for high performance, compassion, love, and all those things that we like actually give a fuck about, like we don't know how to do it. So we we made a podcast that talks about the neuroscience and the high performance of how to brainwash yourself.
0: Because let's go there right away. I mean, we are so quick to criticize ourselves. And every time we don't act according to our intention, our conscious intention, we, we don't feel like, you know, we're being the best human being. We go straight into, well, I'm just fucked up. You know, it's sorry. It's my family, my childhood, uh, my country, whatever you want to say. Okay, the same way that you got to that level of being fucked up, you can unfuck yourself. You can reprogram yourself and brainwash, yeah. mm-hmm. biohack your way into a new mental state, personality. So tell us, how, how do we do that in the next so 30 minutes?
1: Everyone. Yes. We're going to do this in the next like two minutes. We're masterclass this <laughs> thing. Um, so I want everyone to know that like those types of behaviors, they're learned behaviors. Um, and so many of us have like predispositions to challenging mental health things like depression and suicide or addictive behaviors. Yes, there's a genetic component and still All of that is a learned behavior. So if it's a learned behavior, anything that can be learned can be unlearned or relearned. Now the really fun process of this comes into, okay, where is that actually being processed in the nervous system? Because if one more person told me when I was in my depressive mood and I had anxiety, you just need to think positive thoughts, man. I was gonna hang them from a bridge. And I just couldn't, I like mindset, like it made sense. Like logically, like thinking better thoughts should absolutely produce better things. And I think a lot of us get into personal development and high performance from like the law of attraction type of world. We start off with Esther Hicks and, and this, that, and the other thing. And then we eventually find the thing that resonates for me. And all of those things made sense, but I didn't believe in it. And that's some of that secret sauce that we never talk about is like, if your nervous system doesn't believe in the thing that you're going to do, you create cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance is just a disconnect from how you feel, from how you think. And in the neuroscience world, we call that a low HRV score, heart rate variability. So with all of my clients, one of the first metrics that we start to measure is Heart rate variability, which is very specifically looking at the space between your heartbeats. When you are extremely coherent, you are matching your thoughts with your emotions. Your nervous system isn't having to interpret and react to the environment all the time. It's not worried about the tiger coming out of the closet. We're not living in that chronic stress. There's consistency. So the space between our heartbeats is extremely consistent. So we have coherence between how we're thinking and how we're feeling. So there's no cognitive dissonance going on. So that extra energy that we would have to put into all these different patterns and compensation. And well, if I say this and worrying about external validation, we can put into our authentic message. We can actually put into doing the gosh dang work. But the question is, well, what the heck is the gosh dang work? So when it comes to all of that, I know I had a ton of limiting beliefs and a ton of shit in my system, traumas and this, that, and the other thing. Um, some of those, if anybody's interested in like, oh, have you actually been through the ringer? Yes have been through the ringer. I was 22 years old, got hit by a car. Three weeks later, I lost my dad to suicide. Three months later, I became a dad. And the day after I found out that I was going to be a surprise dad, got a bill for $200,000, all of this in the span of three months. I've been there. I get that. And the reason that I am happy-go-lucky chilling and having this conversation right now, and I'm not absolutely bawling my face off about that, is because I've learned to process, integrate emotions, and then Unstuck myself, and I call it unstuck, unfuck yourself from your past limiting beliefs. Your nervous system does something really, really well. Takes in your circumstances right now, compares it to the past, and predicts the future. That's what it does. Most of us take in a stimulus, and we compare it to a traumatized past, and then we predict a traumatized future, weird how that happens. So if we could start to speak the right language to the right part of the brain about those old traumas and transform them from PTSD-like symptoms into, okay, what if I compare it to something that I'm actually grateful for? What if I actually learned to shift the emotional charge around those past traumas? Great, that's what limiting beliefs really are. It's those past traumas that we compare to to attempt to predict the future. But what if there's different patterns that we create What if there's different rifts and emotional connections that draw you to a version of yourself in the future. That's much stronger than being pushed by a fear of the past. And that's where I start to come in. I don't want to teach people what to think. I want them to learn how to think for themselves. And that's why I fall so in love with neuroscience because mindset is so crucial, but mindset is the seed of our potential. And what do we do with seeds? We plant them. And where do we plant them in the brain? And if our brain is depleted, stressed out, doesn't have the proper nutrients, doesn't have the proper environment, I don't care how pretty that mindset seed is. It's never going to take root and it's never going to grow. And that is the sickness that I see going around with positive psychology and positive talk and all of these different things is like, you can be in the middle of a freaking hurricane and like thousand mile an hour winds and shit's hitting the ceiling. And you're like, it's a sunny day. Everything's fine. like, No, fuck that. There has to be some level of realness to this because if you fake your way into it, again, you create that cognitive dissonance and your system is constantly trying to validate and call bullshit on anything that's challenging the meat suit. So if we can learn to de-stress, integrate, process, heal the past and recreate a future, you are limitless in your... Ability to express your potential, and I think none of us in this, and I imagine none of your audience is going to disagree that we all have limitless potential inside of us. The game becomes how do we get it out
0: We may agree consciously, subconsciously, not by any means because that 's when you hear all this what I was saying the other day that for me, the really bad words are not the swear words are they i can 't I never I will not it 's impossible. We say those things about everything. So we may say, yeah, Chris may have done it. Chris may be limitless. Me, mm, not so much. And again, we just get stuck into that whole thing of I just don't have what the other people do. So how do we get ourselves out of, uh, wait a minute, look at us. We're both humans. If our, if you were really a unicorn, which guys, know he doesn't have a horn sticking out of his forehead, then I could understand how you could get out of that situation that you found yourself in. But- how would you were able to say, okay, this is not just one blow? This I've been knocked down and then knocked down and knocked down again. How yeah. did you turn things around and are uh, here yeah. still, quite I, frankly?
1: I got, I got tabletop, tripped, kicked in the nuts and like kicked in the gut. And <laughs> here we are. So at some point, and and I hate to have to say this most people are going to hit that rock bottom. And I pray that people like listen to this and realize that they don't have to. But rock bottom for a lot of us is where we find ourselves. And it's the same thing that I see with like every successful person that I've ever connected with, they've all hit that rock bottom where it's just like, fuck. And at that rock bottom, there's like not a lot of you left. And that's the best time to rebuild of who you want to be and who you decide to be. So when it comes to that, we need to understand that Nothing in our life comes with an emotional charge. Nothing is good or bad thinking makes it so, right? In any, any aspect. So the reason that I have given negative emotional charge to my history is only because I convinced myself of that. I made myself think that losing my dad was an awful thing that being a surprise dad and a single parent at 23 years old was a shitstorm and, and all these other things I had convinced myself and lot, like learned that that was bad and then I let that emotion hinder my ability to take action right because when we get stressed out the frontal cortex the mammalian brain those go offline and the only portion of your brain that's actually working Is the reptilian system it's the brainstem in the brainstem guys is the same type of brain that makes your cat jump at cucumbers just so we're really clear and i don't know about y'all but i don't want cat cucumber brain like making life choices for me so the game became okay if my reptilian brain is really focused on survival and focused on that fear emotion how can i activate different parts of my brain integrate stress so that i can better give functional emotional charges to things And that does not mean that we're going to paint with broad strokes and say, life is great. I'm so grateful that my dad committed suicide. And oh, what a blessing that is. Oh my God. I I hope more people die in my, no. Again, that positive talk is completely toxic, completely toxic. What's not toxic is acceptance, is allowing, is understanding, is compassion and loving yourself through that. So, all right, let's talk functional steps then. The portion of your brain that has to do with painting your limiting beliefs and emotion is called your mammalian brain. It's called your limbic system. And that limbic system gets hijacked with fear. You are programmed to live a life of fear because that's what kept us alive. Great, 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 grandma way the fuck back then needed to worry about that rustling in the bush because it could be a saber-tooth T-Rex. Who knows? So putting her in that fight or flight action had benefits. Nowadays, research is showing us that we put ourselves in stress like 86% of the time from perceived stress, stress that doesn't exist because our nervous system is taking in stimulus, comparing it to a traumatized past and predicting a traumatized future. So great, how can we start to regulate this? And this is where we get into the emotional intelligence conversation. And what it really starts to come down to is, how am I feeling in this moment? Is this something that I want to feel? Is this something that I want to express? And if not, how do I allow that emotion through my system and then redirect that energy into a different pattern? And again, this might sound extremely mindset-esque, but what I want to give you guys is some really functional steps that will not only give you those mindset building blocks, but it'll actually shift the way that your brain waves are interpreting your reality. So when it comes down to like, shit's hitting the ceiling, Great. There's a certain tolerance that we have for stress when we shut down the brain and turn on the brainstem. And again, when the brainstem is turned on, everything's a reflex, right? We are just reflectively speaking, yelling at our spouse, yelling at our kids, saying things. But the real dirty one is we're reflectively calling ourselves things that we we aren't really, right? So that negative self-talk, that's fear talking. And what fear wants more than anything, the thing that fear wants is certainty it wants a predictable future. That's what it craves is knowing what the future is, which is exactly why you're taking in circumstances, comparing it to the past and creating that predictable traumatized future. Self-fulfilling prophecy is the job of that lower portion of the brain. But if we can hijack the hijacker and really start to code ourselves in with more positive emotions, now you become the conscious creator of your reality. So when it comes down to this, how do we build a more resilient stress sensitivity? So said another way, how can we handle more shit in our lives? Meditation, journaling breathing exercises, which we will totally get into the ones that I use on a daily basis. And then for me, I'm such a tire kicker. I want to know how this shit's working. I measure all of my clients' biometrics. I measure my own biometrics. Every single day I wake up and look at what my nervous system's doing so that I can say, is today the day I need more rest or can I go run a half mile or a half marathon today and be okay for that? Because your nervous system, your subconscious, where all those belief systems are, projects emotions into the body, So if you don't take care of your body, you're gonna feel shitty and stuck in your body. Well, you need to move around. You need to do some yoga, you need to do that because your capacity to be strong in your body is your capacity to be strong and flexible in your mind. So all of these pieces really start to come together. And when you're able to embody new emotions and not judge the ones that we are so-called negative and just allow them through, you are now on the path to unwiring those old things. And it's literally called neural pruning. Compassion is the best way to eradicate limiting behaviors. Saying to yourself, I feel this way, and that's completely valid. I am okay to feel this way, and I love myself for that, but I am not my past. I choose to redirect this energy and dictate my future, right? Until we make the unconscious conscious, we are doomed to follow it and call it fate, right? That's a Carl Jung quote. So make the unconscious conscious be the observer of your life. What are you doing? How are you feeling on a daily basis? The more that you can have that awareness of where you are in this present moment, the more you're able to redirect that energy with specific practices and focus and coaches and really get more roots in your life so you're not as reactive. And that's the game for me. Preventative maintenance, and then when shit hits the ceiling, how do I integrate trauma?
0: And and I want everybody to understand, um, I I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Chris, that um, the the key here is to practice before these events happen. So when we say, oh, if you're feeling all these emotions, meditate. I honestly, I do meditate every day. When I'm in a stressful flight or fight response, I ain't going to be meditating. The only thing that gets me out of it is moving my body. You'll see me surfing and I look like there is a shark behind me just because I need to get all that energy out. Okay. So, but what I do is. uh?
1: So much. Yes. So much.
0: But but if I start realizing like, okay, road rage gets me into that state where I, there is no correlation, okay? I see the car approaching me really fast and I just go, oh, I'm going to kill you. Those are the moments that if I have been practicing my meditation, my breathing, my journaling, I've already become the awareness and I start creating a little bit of a space and it's not going to happen overnight. This is very much Kung Fu, works on, works off all the way, but... I'll start seeing the moment and, I'll start, and I may be able to choose a different reaction. So for me, mm-hmm. road rage is a family sport. It was, uh, it's been passed down through generations and you learn it. So by the time you get behind a wheel, you are going to flip the bird like it's part of the, of the driving test. It's taking me, well, as always, my children being in the car with me and me remembering how terrified I was when my dad would get really violent and aggressive in the car to be like, okay, now this is awareness, which in reality came through my children. And then I started going like, okay, use your tools. You just use your techniques to create a little bit of a space and create a different anchor. So now what we do is we laugh hysterically. I mean, I think it's more scary for the other driver to see me laughing hysterically than flipping the bed at them. But that way I can lower that stress response and I'm able to calm myself down. So. Please remember, we're not asking. I mean, even though we're talking about biohacks, these are practices and practice makes progress. I never say perfection, but it makes progress. So you will get there. You just have to start putting them into place. And like Dr. Chris was saying, you also have measurements. So you can actually see this is not some mumbo jumbo that we guys are trying to sell to you. This is science.
1: Yeah. I have 1500 case studies from a lot of my clients that prove this works right? The meditation, the journaling, the breathing, all these things that all these people have been saying we're doing. And even, you know, the spiritual practices for the last 10,000 years have been saying to do, oh shit, we have all the science to prove that now. Now it's building the bridges, right? And those bridges are believability bridges. Again, because if your nervous system doesn't believe it, it won't take action on it. Just like if you're trying to build a new habit and you try to stretch yourself too far, like this is the thing I run into with visualization practices. People stretch themselves like, this is who I am in 10 years, and the nervous system doesn't believe it. It calls bullshit on it. So don't do that. Don't stretch your system into something that it can't fit into right now. So do small practices. Gratitude practices, seeing what makes you happy, like all of these different things are like mental models that I teach to my clients. And like, so everybody knows my clients are not like somebody that's working at the grocery store or anything like that. I have clients that are seven, eight, nine, ten-figure income earners that are coming to me with the same things that I'm sure a lot of us are coming to. I don't feel worthy. I have parent guilt. I don't have enough time in my day. They're things that we all suffer with and what are you gonna do about it? People that are really good at being themselves have the capacity to ask for fucking help. Like it is a humbling moment when you can just saddle up and say, I need some fucking help. And it's not easy. Like, especially like men, listen to me, ask for some fucking help. Like, and I'm sorry, I'm swearing so much, but like, this is like such a, such a point of contention is like men are indoctrinated. Strength is not vulnerability, but I'm telling you, strength is vulnerability right? If you want to connect deeper to your kids, connect deeper to your job, your purpose, your legacy, you need to get cracked open and feel where those triggers are so that you are not Swiss cheese, but your cheddar cheese, you're whole, you're full, you're not, you're connected, all of those beautiful things. I can't believe I just made a fucking cheese reference.
0: <laughs> you did. Do we have to edit it out?
1: <laughs> no, fuck send it. Send it to the, <laughs> the man. I don't. Care.
0: People are getting it though. And, and I also want to let people know, uh, you were saying men, women as well. I mean, we also oh, yeah. have our default mechanism of we have to serve everybody. We have to nurture everybody. We can ask for help. We can be a burden. Screw that nonsense. Seriously, we, if coronavirus hasn't taught us that, we're a moment in our civilization that we are just breaking down all the paradigms. I believe that this is a time, in, really the first time in history where we need help, we can ask for it, and we can get it. Because that's again, I mean, Esther Hicks and all the um, spiritual books ask, and it will be given. I don't think that was quite the case in the past, but right now, seriously, all the knowledge is out there, all the professionals are there. We do not need to keep on living on this limited um, mindset. When really, there are people out there proving, you know, the good old four-mile record. You know, if if one person yeah. does it, everybody says, "Okay, now I can do it." So yeah. for those who are still resistant and saying, okay, you guys have been working on this for a long time. My favorite sentence, change takes a long time. Can we please give them the, the real deal of, yes, like we were saying, you know, practice takes time, but changing beliefs, isn't that something that we can biohack and go in there and replace that seed of I'm not good enough for a seed yeah. of, dude, <laughs> you're plenty. Yeah.
1: That's exactly it. So this is one of the first things that I start to do with my clients is, Let's go through and we're going to go almost into like a hypnotic state. So I've been trained in a couple different modalities, but one of them has taught me how to guide somebody into like an alpha theta brainwave, which is really starting to activate that mammalian system and creativity. What that wave tends to do and the primary signature of it causes something called transient hypofrontality. Which just means we're turning that frontal cortex offline and the frontal cortex is where your personality is so when we start to turn that offline we start to go beyond the self beyond the limiting beliefs and it's in that space that we become the observation of who we are and it's there that we can program in different things so inside of that type of brain state and you guys can do this in your own meditation right this is all emotional intelligence exercises So you go through and at some point you have to say, I am done with where I am right now. And you put a pin on the map and say, I am here. And then you put a destination and you say, I want to be here, right? I think we're so good at saying, here I am, here I am, here I am. And then we never give ourselves a destination. Give yourself a destination and make them really attainable goals, right? I am all about dream big and do functional, right? So if you want to be a millionaire, amazing. Are you going to do that in under a year? Maybe. Can you? I'm sure somebody can do that. Is that something functional that my system believes? Can I become a millionaire in a year? No. Did I know later or earlier on in my life that I could become a millionaire in five years? Sure. And now I'm really close, right? So believability index. But when you guide yourself into that and you create that type of sense of feeling where you just feel your body almost float. And I think a lot of us has had that experience. We wake up in the middle of the night and we're kind of just like in that day's state of like, uh, where and what am I? Like I'm thinking and I'm sleeping, but I'm not really sleeping, but I'm like thinking about me, not sleeping, not sleeping, thinking about me. So that type of state, that's that theta brainwave. And inside of that, I want everyone to know you have access to the infinite amount of emotions available to the human. So if you start thinking about things, and typically how we start to activate the emotions is think about somebody you love. This is hijacking, and this is cheating, and I love it so much. But there's research, a ton of research around you drop off serotonin and oxytocin to specific specific parts of the brain that are very close to something called the striatum and the striatum is where your habits actually live so when you start to drop in those little chemicals there by visualizing and seeing a person that you love or your children that's my favorite hack i just see my daughter smiling at me and running up to me it drops things off there and it gets me into my feeling body right so now i'm in my feeling body and i am expressing things And then what I do is go after the limiting belief that's come up, the emotional trigger, the thing that is all like really abundant to us. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm worthy. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like I'm that. And I challenge it. I'll go into there and say, okay, is this real? Can I experience this? Or is it purely a thought? Because if it's purely a thought, it's not a genuine belief, right? And most of this is perceived thinking that we have convinced ourselves is who we are. And those are the best ones because it's instant fix because you can go through it. If you say, I don't feel complete, or "I, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. Amazing. That's a thought, right? And we can, instantly plow that thing out of there like literally like snip snippet like neural prune that away by dropping in and embodying our wholeness and our essence of who we are and it's so easy to do that with things like gratitude so when you're in that state what i help people do is to connect very very small bits of themselves to that wholeness so what does it feel like challenge yourself like if it felt wholeness right now if you felt that wholeness right now what does that actually feel like? in your hand, in your other hand, in your shoulders. And as we begin to embody that literally in our body, like we need to remember embodiment's not just like, I feel emotions, i like, turn on your body, right? That's a biohack for you because you're turning on different access points of the brain. What do these emotions feel like? Because excitement or energetics or ecstasy or, or you know, sexual tension, all of these things hold charges in the body, but it affects us globally. So when you start to specifically pinpoint different things, you're actually placing different memories and different access awareness points throughout your entire memory of that experience, which is creating deeper neural maps for this. This is a very long, drawn-out explanation to how can you feel differently outside of yourself. Meditation is a really great way to do that. Another great way to do that when you're stressed out is going surfing going running, getting into that transient hypofrontality is not just something that we do in meditation. We do it when we access flow. There's tons of research on that, mountain biking, Moving forward literally stimulates this. When you go for a walk, your brain is perceiving in your peripherals that environment is moving forward. And that literally convinces your mindset, literally, that you are also moving forward and it rewards that with dopamine. These little things that we can do on a daily basis that will enhance our emotional well-being are so fucking important. And it's it's honestly the little things. Like I can't stress that enough. Like when I talk to like the highest performers that I know, they're meditate. Exercise, journal, and read. Nothing complex, but they also know how to process these triggers when they come up. The little like cracks in us of like, this pissed me off. Well, that pissed me off. What does that say about me? Like what inside of me needs to be worked on? When you get to that point of like somebody pisses you off in traffic and you go, well, why the fuck that guy pissed me off? You are limitless. You are fucking bulletproof because nothing can hurt you in
0: that state. It's all a mirror of your reality. It's all a mirror of who you are. And you have switched judgment, which is the, I am stuck in this belief for curiosity, which is, well, that belief doesn't really serve me very well. So what else can we put there? So that's, again, it, it seems like we're just talking nonsense here. Guys, if you don't try it, you cannot say that it doesn't work. So if we keep on repeating meditation, journaling, you threw in hypnosis, I'm a huge proponent of neurolinguistic programming as well. Yes. Once again, if you don't know what owners we're talking about, go and look him up. Um, you can find courses online, a million of them. But these are techniques that work. If, if, you know, it, It's almost like saying, if, if I were to give you an iPhone and you are from the 1950s and you go, oh, well, isn't this an interesting brick that you have over here? What do we do with it? And I don't explain anything to you. You don't know how to turn it on. You don't know that it's full of super funky apps that can waste your time forever. But they're also pretty fun you will have no use for that phone. So you will go back to the 1950s and say, I don't know, these people that are looking down at this black brick, I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. But if, we were, if we're telling you, no, look, you just press the side button, you turn it on, you put on your passcode, and then this whole world of possibilities opens up. Yes. And you're willing to believe that. And then I, I show it to you. Then why aren't you turning on your own body iPhones? You know why? And, and, and once you turn that on, why are you putting in there all those applications that just make you waste time? Like you get to choose, what are you going to put in there? And that's what's going to make the people with the iPhones that make millions and progress in their life with them and the people who waste their time in them and feel comparison, paralysis, analysis, and all that stuff. So again, if, if you can get something out of this is be curious, yes. find out about these modalities that we keep banging on about, find your flow state. For me, I remember it used to be if nothing else worked or when I lived in the city and I couldn't go for a surf, I would get on my motorbike and I drive really fast. And just having to focus that vision, that tunnel vision and having to have all my concentration on not crashing and killing myself was enough to give my brain a break. And that's all that was needed for me to come back and solve the problem. Einstein used to do the same thing. He'll just go for a walk, forget all about it, come back. Everybody in Silicon Valley, that's why they have all those ping pong tables and all that nonsense in their headquarters. Yep. Take a break, find your flow state, and then come back and the answers will come.
1: Yes, the answers are there, right? And they're all in this mirror and they're all constantly within us. Stress fogs up that mirror so we can't genuinely see ourselves, right? If there's, if there's one thing that I would teach over anything else, it's autonomic nervous system regulation know when you're stressed out, because when you're stressed out, you can't get perspective. You can't have creative problem solving. Those apps are not available because that portion of the brain is turned off. That's why we are such proponents of exercise, meditation, and all of these beautiful, beautiful things. Like it's the simple things that really work. And then having somebody that can facilitate you expressing those triggers, like if this sounds complex, if this sounds crazy, no, it's so, it's, it's simple. It's very, very simple. And it's the 1%, right? But you can only connect the dots going backwards. That's one of my favorite Steve Jobs quotes. We can only as humans recognize a shift in change in about 17%. So if I show you two different pictures of green and I have them like 14% change, this one's 14% darker, you can't actually tell the difference until it hits 17%. So this is why reflection is so flipping important. How do I feel today? How was today? Looking and analyzing mental, spiritual, emotional, relational, how are those things impacting my lives and really learning to have good practices and rituals in your life? Like that's the gangbuster's life. That's where you really, and, and like you said, like really being able to get outside of yourself and get outside of the problem gives you the perspectives, gives you the vantage points that really allow you that amazing insight into the solution that's available.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, just find your technique. We may be throwing a lot of them, but like always, it's a smorgasbord. You just pick whatever you need and that, that's where you have to go whenever you're feeling... The stress I love what you said about stress management. I, I always say when I, I coach people through their divorce and i said we 're not going to have a divorce with no drama or no stress or no conflict we 're just going to manage it so it doesn 't overtake it doesn 't overpower you again. Look the world that we 're living in. Nobody wanted corona, nobody wanted to live through what we 're living. You were talking about uncertainty is what fear keeps us keeps a hold on, on us and where are we right now? Like nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow or in, <laughs> in a week, but that's where you have to have these practices where you can come back and say, okay, yep. Yeah. It's, it's hitting me from all angles, but I'm going to be okay. That's, that's, that's yes. the game changer. That's where you keep and on moving.
1: Resilience. Yes. Yeah. Your belief systems, like uh, picture this, your belief systems create a cube around you and they box you in and they confine you and they label you as such. And every time you try to go outside of that cube, you're in that realm of uncertainty. And if you go into that realm of uncertainty without a regulated nervous system, your fear and those limiting beliefs will claw, lie, cheat, and steal to get you back into that cube, into that prison, into where we know there is certainty. But your best life, who you really are, taking action on your dreams, having those hard conversations, that's outside that realm right? You have to be okay in the uncertainty. That's why these practices are so important, because if there's anything that's certain, it's that shit's going to hit the ceiling at some point in your life. Now, are you going to respond or are you going to react to it with that portion of your brain that scares cats with cucumbers? That's a choice.
0: And, And is the difference between having a happy, quotation marks, life, Or an unhappy life it's at the end of the day we all of our motivation comes either from walking away from pain or walking towards pleasure so let's just make sure that you have the tools to ensure that you're never walking into pleasure uh, sorry walking into pain and away from pleasure that you make sure that your conscious and your subconscious are both aligned and chris all these biohacks are incredible i want people to find you where can everybody find you
1: I'm mostly on Instagram right now. I'm starting up a YouTube channel, but my Instagram handle is Dr. Chris Lee. Um, go check me out there because, yeah, we're just scratching the surface on this type of stuff because there's, there's just so many. Um, so that's where I am, and, and my YouTube channel is also Dr. Chris Lee.
0: And the podcast. The podcast and is the podcast. also so
1: good. The healthy mind fuck. Yeah, go give it a check.
0: Yes. I'm going to put everything on the show notes, but I just wanted you to let us know that, yeah, Instagram is probably the best way to reach everybody these days. And before we go, I do have a couple of questions that I ask all my guests. So this is going to be for you. What is your next great chapter?
1: My next great chapter. So something that I'm really excited about. It's a project that I've been dreaming about um, since I started to get into, like the mental wellness and biohacker type of thing. So I... I'm really passionate about giving people a second chance at themselves, right? And it doesn't matter who that is, we all deserve a second, and I dare say sixth, seventh, eighth, nine, 10th chance. And more so than ever, our inmates deserve that second chance. So what I'm starting my project in in 2021 is bringing in biometrics to South Carolina prison systems so that we can show that meditation journaling emotional intelligence all of these things are actually having a change on our inmates and giving them a second chance at themselves so that's what my next chapter is i am profoundly excited about that because it'll be case studies every single inmate's going to be a case study so when they go to have rehab we can actually look at them and say are you changed well fuck yeah look at their data like their hrv is coherent right like look at their ability to handle stress like they're doing way better than they were before Um, and this is all thanks to some of the work that Daniel Amen has inspired me to do. He was a psychologist, uh, who was like, well, the mind lives in the brain. Why the fuck are we not taking pictures of the brain? Like somebody that has a concussion has the same symptoms as somebody that has anxiety, but that anxiety is actually not anxiety. It's concussion. So why are we not doing it? So I started to think the same way about mindset and and brain and biohacking. And that's what I'm really excited for. I got a book coming out next year. Uh, which I'm excited for and, you know, just going to keep living my life and playing with my daughter.
0: Well, those are amazing projects. And as you were saying the one about the inmates, I was thinking, Chris, you're not giving them a second chance. You're probably giving them their first chance because I think that a lot of the people that end up in these situations is because they never had a chance to learn any of this. And they were in an environment where the wrong seeds had been planted. So I wish you all the best lack with that project. I hope that it's a success and that it expands to the rest of the country. And what is ah, this one? I'm really interested to see what you think. Where is the world heading to? What is the world's next great chapter?
1: I think right now we're in this time of like genuine awareness where we're pulling up all of these triggers that society and our collective consciousness has movements like Black Lives Matter and looking at our healthcare systems and all of these things, we are looking at us as a whole for the first time, I think, in humanity's history. We're looking at us as a collective. And I think there's a lot of us and we're teetering right on that 49, 51% right now of let's be a change for us together. And I think where humanity is really, really close to getting to you is that 50, 50. And then it's going to be 51 and 52% of all of us looking to conspire for a better humanity, for a better planet. We're starting to look at this earth, this planet we have as a spaceship, and we're all aboard it. So what they do in China versus what they do in the States... It has no separation. We won't be separated by distance, but we're all in this together. And that's what's making me really excited about what happened with COVID. I I think it's, it's genuinely a beautiful thing because it inspired us all to look deeper inside of ourselves. It gave us all three, four months off time where we had quarantine to really look within. And a ton of people went, holy shit, I have some changes to make. So especially like in my tiny town in South Carolina, like our community has never been so tight knit. We've never had so many good debates going on around things that need to change. And I think even worldwide, I don't think we've ever had such amazing debates, conscious debates that are going on about how we can make a change. So that's what I'm really excited for is for more of these discussions to come up, even if they don't feel good. There are things that we all know are there that need to be surfaced and they're ready to be surfaced.
0: And I love that you said the word debates because from my perspective. um, I felt that there's been a lot of division, that debates haven't really been able to happen, that there's been more like people choosing sides and sticking to their guns and just yelling at each other. But maybe we're moving into the debates. And um, I love hearing about your little town that everybody really stuck together. So again, let's spread that to the whole world. Um, we certainly need it. And, um, thank you so much, Chris, for being with us. And I hope that everybody goes and find you and for everybody else. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe and review my podcast because I just love hearing from you. You can also follow my journey on my Instagram account at divorce for love and join our Facebook group in the show notes. See you next week.